If you're committed to transitioning to a new role outside of the classroom, let me give you some advice. Don't try to navigate this journey all on your own. The Teacher Career Coach course will walk you step-by-step through the entire process. When you sign up, you'll get help picking your career path, have access to a library of transition resumes for teachers written by a professional, and even gain access to a list of hundreds of companies that hire teachers. Most importantly, you'll join our exclusive private community to collaborate with others and network. I've dedicated my time putting together templates and resources to create the most thorough program to help save you time. Learn more about the Teacher Career Coach course at teachercareercoach.com forward slash course. After leaving teaching because of some serious burnout, she vowed to build the community she wished existed when she needed it most. She went from classroom teacher to an educational consultant, instructional designer, and six-figure business owner. Now, she's here to help you achieve happiness and work-life balance, whether inside or outside the classroom. Come join our discussion as we talk about managing teacher burnout, career transitions outside the classroom, starting a side hustle, and everything in between. Here's your host of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast and your new personal cheerleader, Daphne Gomez. Welcome to the Teacher Career Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Daphne Williams. In this episode, I interview Lynn Barrios. Lynn is a former teacher who was in the classroom for six years as both a science and math teacher. While she loved being in the classroom and educating students, she quickly learned that she wore far too many hats in her role as a teacher. She began her search for a new career, and it led her to actually joining the Teacher Career Coach course and a journey into ed tech. Listen in as we talk about her new role as a customer engagement specialist at an ed tech company. Hi, Lynn. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing awesome. Um, Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited that you're here today. You are a teacher career coach course graduate, but you also have kind of a lengthy history, not just working in education, but you also worked in a different industry before you pivoted to education. So I wanted to start off just asking you to introduce yourself and tell me a little bit of your, your history. Absolutely. Yeah. So before um, I went into the education world, my bachelor's is actually in electrical engineering. So I worked in that field for about two years and education, being a teacher was always in the back of my mind. Like even in college, I was membership educator for my organization and I loved teaching and helping and, and getting that light bulb. And so when the like environment of engineering wasn't quite what I imagined it to be. I was like, well, let's you know pivot to, to education and um, being a teacher. So that's when I earned my teaching credential in both math and science. So still sticking to the core of engineering. And um, I've been a science lab teacher for three years. That's where I started out after I got my credential. And then I taught seventh grade math and science for the last two years. And then um, uh, also kind of just realizing that teaching in the classroom does not give me the work-life balance that I was looking for. And so that's when I was like, well, these resources that I use in the classroom that are important to me, someone has to work on the other side of it and come up with the ideas and have the customer support. And so that's where I 
was like, well, I'm going to combine both my technical background, my engineering background with my education background and try to work at one of these software companies. And so that began my rabbit hole down um, ed tech. <laughs> so getting actually to where you are now in a new company, in a new position, wasn't really easy for you. You said that you struggled a little bit with prioritizing yourself and the teacher guilt of wanting to find a new position. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. So in education, in teaching, you're not putting yourself forward. You have your classroom, which for me, I had 60 students and day in and day out, they are your priority. And when you have hard moments in your own personal life, as an educator, you're always thinking, I need to do this for my students. I need to continue lesson planning and grading because my students need the feedback and you forget to take care of yourself. And part of that was um, lack of support in our admin, unfortunately. Um, I personally have definitely spoken up about my own mental struggles, especially with the pandemic this year. I gave very specific examples where I broke down over the littlest things in my personal life because all these other things were building up in the classroom. And so I think as educators, naturally, we're always going to want best for our classroom, for our students, for our families, uh, our students' families. And we forget about our own health and our own mental being. Yeah, no, I completely understand. I mean, you can be the best teacher for mm -hmm. 10 weeks in a row. You know, every hour that you spend at home can be thinking about lesson planning, but on that 11th week, if you break and you say, I have to do less this week, mm -hmm. there's pushback and there's mm -hmm. resistance and there's also a lot of guilt and mental struggles that yes. you start to face. Exactly. Were you honest with people actually at your school district or at your school that you were thinking of leaving the classroom altogether? Yes. So I, um, at the very beginning, I told um, one or two members of my school admin only because I wanted to be upfront with them. At first, I told them I probably am not returning next year. And I told them that I'm not leaving this school for another school, that I am leaving teaching altogether because I am not myself anymore and I'm not taking care of myself. And so just being a teacher, we are asked of for so much. And it's not just the grading and the planning and the teaching itself. We're asked to work on this committee and to do after school programs and to tutor and to make sure that you're checking your emails just in case students are reaching out to you. And so it's never not on. <laughs> and, and that was really hard. There was zero work-life balance. And I told my admin that it's partially the education system altogether and how, how society views teachers. We are their best friend when they, you know, we, we're giving them what they want. And then we are um, lazy employers when we have two months off in the summer. But our, the running joke is that we, we need summers off because we're working so much during the school year, like on average, we get to campus at like 7.30, school starts at 8.30, you're teaching until 3.15, and then you have to plan for the next day or grade or go to meetings and, and it's never ending. So 
that was what I expressed to my admin. I remember that pushback of, oh, it must be so nice to have summers off. And I kept thinking, like I I had put it in my head, it is nice to have summers off. (laughs) And then after I left and I realized that I was much happier year round, I started to reflect on those summers that I had off. And I was like, maybe one month, three weeks of it was actual me feeling like myself, but the rest of it was dread of going back to work, which is not normal to feel like immense dread going to your place of employment. It's normal to be on vacation and not want to go back, but like those Sunday scaries of just like extreme stress (laughs) and needing therapy about how much you dislike your work. And if someone's listening right now and they're like, I don't feel that, it's not universal. Not everyone feels that way about their job and not every school district or every school environment does that to teachers either. It's just kind of a unique situation. As you started to explore new roles, did you have any idea what direction you were headed in to begin with? Not really. I knew that I wanted to um, work at like these companies that I've been using, um, these resources that I've been using in the classroom, but I didn't know what the word for that was. And so I started on those websites, to be honest. I would just pull up their um, their website and try to see if they had a careers page. And then from there, I would see what positions they listed and then looked into that and then that kind of just started. But I didn't have a clear idea of what I wanted to do. I think that's really smart, though, that you were actually looking at the careers pages themselves. A lot of Mm -hmm. people go in directly to LinkedIn and start looking. And one of the tips of advice that I give is LinkedIn, very similar to even teaching positions. So teaching positions, if they're on for California, I think it's edjoin.org. It's so easy to apply that 1,000 teachers are applying to the exact same position. So the positions that you're finding on LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. it's just as easy for 1000 people to be applying. So if someone's a teeny bit more qualified than you, Mm -hmm. that might disqualify you. And that's where people start to get frustrated. But going directly to the careers pages themselves, usually, you know, removes that extra step. And it does get your foot in the door a little bit easier. One of the jobs that I got as a teacher was a district that still wasn't using EdJoin, where you Mm -hmm. have to, you know, write out an actual formal (laughs) application and print out your resume and send the manila envelope. And Mm -hmm. for people, that's one extra step that they're not willing to take. So that's really great. Did you find yourself hitting a lot of roadblocks during that phase as you were starting to apply for positions? Yes, still, because um, even at my favorite resources that I've been using, they may not have been hiring for a position that I actually would want or would qualify for. You know, there might be things like PR or um, marketing or something that really wasn't wasn't up my alley. So um, so that still it wasn't as easy as I had thought it would be like, oh, you know, look up this website. They're hiring. Perfect. I'll get hired next week. So it was definitely not um, not that way. When you go into those job search boards, you're going to see all these positions out there and you don't know which ones unless you really have done a lot of research and and really, you know, done a lot of homework and started to dive in and started to talk to people. You don't know which ones you're actually qualified for. So you look and even this, you know, PR role for an education company, I might as a beginner look at that and say, 
Well, that sounds like something that maybe I would be qualified for. I can talk about it, but I would say public relations, they are looking for someone with legitimate experience. However, there are a lot of jobs at education and educational technology companies that are completely geared just for former teachers, where for being a former teacher makes you qualified, but reading that job description is not gonna explain that to you as easily. How did you start to kind of pinpoint the jobs that you were qualified for versus the ones that you weren't qualified for? I think the keywords that I was looking for were um, skills that I have kind of done in the classroom. And that's kind of, that's where your course came in, honestly, was when um, the part of the course where where we translated our skills, that was a game changer. As soon as I was able to look at my my experience in the classroom through like corporate lenses, that's when I was able to really see more positions that I can successfully do and and maybe push a little bit outside of my comfort zone as well. So to be honest, I did apply for very uh, various positions that I maybe wasn't quite qualified for. And so that feedback, whether I was um, invited to to do an interview or if I got that immediate rejection was also kind of a uh, recalibration of what I could what I could uh, apply for as well. I love that you touched on just like the part of the course where all the translations are, but I want to give due credit where credit okay. is deserved. And that's yes. episode 29. I interview Ali Arney, who is the oh. resume writer that oh, okay. helped me with all of the course materials when it comes uh -huh. to actually interview questions and resume writing, because I had the experience of leaving the classroom myself. But one thing that people always kind of get a little bit wrong is they did it themselves and then they find themselves to be, they're the expert. You know, I got this job yeah. working as an educational consultant or instructional designer. I can write resumes. I can show you <laughs> what the resume is, but that's not best practices. You need someone mm -hmm. who's actually been on the hiring and someone who right. has hired for multiple companies who's worked in mm -hmm. human mm -hmm. resources and actually scanned and looked at resumes. Yeah. And that's where she came in. She helped work with the former teachers and teachers and myself. And we talked about all the skills that teachers actually do in the classroom, mm -hmm. all of the jobs that are the most qualifying jobs for teachers. And we just matched it all up and created all of those resources right there. I wish that I could say that it was entirely me, but definitely have a huge team on board for the Teacher Career Coach course to help create all these materials. Did you find support even like pinpointing positions that you are interested in using the resources in the Teacher Career Coach course? Yes, um, I think the list of different positions, actually the quiz first off, actually, like even it just popped up on my like Instagram, um, that quiz kind of helped uh, me see at least, oh, okay, let's see what this quiz thinks I can do. It's just like another quiz that you would do, right? Um, and so that kind of uh, planted the seed uh, of, of the idea of finding a position outside of the classroom. And then once I did commit to the course and I looked at all the resources that was provided in there and all the research that's been done already, then I, I literally read through the list and I wrote down all the ones that I would even half consider. And so then that combined with my own research that I had done just randomly on different ed tech websites. And then I also brought in LinkedIn too, then I started to get a vision of what kind of positions I really do want to apply for. 
So I was keeping a document of all the positions that I was throwing out my resume for. And as I went down my list, you can see that the types of positions that I was applying for started to narrow down to more similar types of positions rather than um, a whole bunch of random things. And that makes it a lot easier when it comes to even resume writing and when you're formulating your interview questions. Because if you were going in for a corporate trainer position one week and then the very next week you're going in and you're wanting to be like, uh, I'm trying to think of something totally different, office manager, then you're going to have very different duties and you're going to have a very Mm -hmm. different resume. And so that's a really smart strategy for keeping everything fine tuned. How many interviews do you think you went on before you landed this one? I did. I went on six interviews um, and that was out of 70 applications that I had put out there over the course of two months. Thank you for sharing that. A lot of people start to get discouraged even after 20 or 30. They start Mm -hmm. to send out these applications and they they really start to get discouraged. There are things that you need to make sure you're doing correctly if you're not hearing any responses, but especially right now, things are really competitive and teachers are all basically kind of looking at the exact same position. So you have to step up your game and continue to just, you know, hang in there and keep pushing it out, even though I know that that is the easier said than done kind of (laughs) statement. What made you so excited about the position that you are now in the customer engagement specialist? Oh my gosh. So given that this was my last interview, I have had six rejections prior to this, even from interviews that I thought went well and they came back and they told me that they're moving on with a a different candidate. So I have been pushed down time and time again um, prior to this particular interview. And so it was the people at this interview or it was the the person in this first interview that made me realize that this company is different. Yes, it is another ed tech company. However, the conversations that we had and the questions that she asked were revolved around me. And it just made me feel like she really wanted to get to know me. And so from this first interview, which was on a Friday afternoon, mind you, so I've had a rough day at a rough week at work already at school. And she's taking time out of her Friday afternoon to meet with me. And it was a 30 minute um, screening interview, but our conversations flowed so easily. And we were like, we don't want to stop this conversation, but we should probably get on with our weekends. And so um, from there, I I was set up to interview with four other members of the company from different departments. And to be honest, from all the other experiences that I've had interviewing, it was usually only one or two. So at first I was really intimidated um, to, to be interviewing so many times, but what I learned through each conversation is that I'm getting to know the different departments of this company and the different people at this company as well. And so through them getting to know me, I was really getting a good vision of, of, of the company itself and the company culture, which is really important to me when I was looking this time around.
When you were going through that interview process, did they ask you anything specifically about your experience as a teacher or why you were transitioning into a new role? Yes, they. we talked about that a lot. And um, a few of the people who I interviewed with were also former teachers. And so as soon as we made that connection, we were able to really talk about um, why why they went through that process, why I'm going through this process right now, how some of the frustrations that I had experienced in the classroom is now a learning path for how I can how I can perform in a corporate in a corporate um, world as well as working with customers because it's not always easy working with uh, customers who need help. They're also frustrated themselves, and so pulling in on how patient we are naturally as educators that really helped in in the company seeing that i can also work with customers as well within their their platform yeah because you're working at an educational technology company your client is going to either be school administrators or teachers most likely or tectosas or all the different roles that probably implement the educational exactly. product into the classroom and they are burnt out too mm -hmm. and they're frustrated and trying to figure something out so they need someone who's going to be patient understanding and have empathy to show true customer service they don't want somebody to come on that call and say oh miss barrios is salty <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so that's a really great point i i love that this company sounds like they have a really great culture and mm -hmm. you found a really great fit do you mind if I ask, because you were in the classroom for six years, did you end up having to take a salary decrease to start with this position? Um, yes, I did. And so my school that I worked at did pay fairly well for our area and for California in general. So yes, I did take um, a bit of a pay cut. There were some negotiations as well. And so um, that was nice, but in the grand scheme of things in talking to my husband about you know our finances and everything it was worth every bit to have that peace of mind to have a better work-life balance to have my hours back because if i really were to break down how much i was getting paid as a teacher and how many hours i truly was working down to the dollar per hour it's it's not as glorious as it seems. No, and I don't encourage anybody, you know, to take a pay cut if you have done the math and you know exactly what you need to survive and somebody offers you a position that isn't a good fit for you, well then it's not a good fit for you if you don't have another stream of income that you've already figured out by creating like a side hustle or some sort of maybe you're freelancing on the side. But if you can take a pay cut and you do see that something is a great fit, one thing that I always like to remind people is once you're in these positions, if you already like the culture of the company, long term, the actual career growth and salary increases usually happen at a much expedited rate where when you're in a school system, you have that set rate. And maybe if you have a union, they do negotiations every 10 years for a teeny tiny bit of an increase. Yeah. But I have seen growth within education companies where the salary increase, you know, you find yourself within the first few years already making more. And right. I love that you also really focused on 
how much you're truly getting paid per hour and prioritizing your own mental health and wellness over a end of the line, you know, financial decision. Exactly, exactly. And I, and I really appreciate that you brought up um, like professional growth, because I really do see myself growing within this company as well. And in this current position, I am learning the ins and outs of this product, which will then allow me to perhaps transition over to maybe the engineering team or maybe the product team or maybe even the marketed, marketing team. But that was always an open door, even in, our, in, in, in my interviews, was that I'm not going to be held here forever. And it's, there's going to be room for growth. And I love that that was a conversation even, even within the interviews itself. Yeah, that's a really great sign. Not everybody wants to hear that. Some hiring managers want you to go in and say, customer engagement specialist, that's where I want to stay for the next 10 years. You know, that's exactly, <laughs> that's my passion. That's where I want to stay. And this is the reasons why, because, or here are the reasons why, because, they don't want to go through the process of training and doing this over and over again. So you you have to feel it out with each mm-hmm. interview, but you know, you don't have to be completely honest about your three year, five year goals when you go into an interview. Once you're actually in that company and you're able to explore, that's when you can start kind of having those discussions later. But the fact that they had it right off the bat is really great. And that's something that happened for me also is once I got into an education company, I realized I can go onto the learning and development team where I create all the learning and development programs that train teachers, or I could become, you know, an instructional designer, which is something that I ended up pursuing as well. Or if Mm -hmm. I wanted to go into the marketing department, which is an area that I'm excited about, you get to have your foot in the door in conversations you never would have had to start to decide what you like or what you don't like and move forward a little bit easier than you would from a situation where you weren't having the exposure to these new opportunities. Absolutely. Like I one million percent wholeheartedly agree. Um, And being at a company where I truly believe in the product and, and I know that this is going to empower teachers and make an impact on education wherever I am in this company, I know I'm making an impact and that my work is still meaningful. And I want to have a hand in everything in, in this company. And so it's, I get really excited talking about it because I know that there's more growth for me. And to loop back to the conversations that I had um, about my teaching experience during my interviews, Um, one of the things that I touched on was professional growth in education. And as a teacher, I loved education. I loved being an educator. Um, But I feel like the natural growth in schools would be to move up to like an admin position, perhaps, which is not really something that I wanted to do. I, I, if I stayed in a school, I would have wanted to stay in the classroom. Um, I would want to continue being a teacher. So I feel like at some point down the line when um, I've had my experience and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of done being a teacher, I would also kind of be at a fork where I'm like, all right, what do I do now? Because I'm not going to want to be a principal um, or district uh, admin. So the company really valued 
the fact that you want to continue to grow and, you know, that you were starting to feel a little bit stagnant with where your professional growth was going. And that's something, you know, as a teacher, we're forever learners. We're passionate about education and learning, and that's for ourselves also. And sometimes we find ourselves at schools or districts that we don't see the value in the professional development that we're receiving at the school themselves. And it's a struggle. Can you tell me a little bit about your day-to-day as a customer engagement specialist? What do you do? How how does your day go? Absolutely. So what I do is I we support teachers, admin, like you said, that that is our, our clientele, our um, school positions who use our product. And so they will send in questions, whether it's as simple as I forgot my password, can you please help me log in and we can handle that on our end to more complicated things. Um, Maybe they don't know how to do something or there's a glitch on their end. And so we problem solve all day, every day. And so we're commuting, communicating directly with our um, customers via email. And so we bring also a personal touch to it too. And our, um, our team emphasizes on making sure that we we have a connection and that we don't sound like we're just like a robot, but to um, really make them feel important and to make them feel seen as well. And so day to day, that's um, the bulk of our work is answering their questions and helping them make sure that their day runs smoothly, that their school processes, everything on their end is is as smooth as possible relating to our product. In addition to that, we also train new schools as well. So um, we have face-to-face time with um, school principals, school admin, teachers who may be using it. And so that is also meaningful to me because that's tapping into my teaching side. And so I still get to um, push out information and 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 still satisfy that side of of my professional background. I love that there are kind of multiple job duties that you have where there it's kind of like tech support but then also that like personal connection building experiences with your customers. I'm sure there was a teeny tiny learning curve with some of the specifics but you already had experience with, it's an SIS company, so you had experience with that as a teacher yourself of putting in student information into, is it a rostering system? Um, it's, it's everything. It's in addition to rostering and enrollment, there's also attendance and report cards, grade books. It's, we're trying to have it all be in one software, whereas as a teacher, when I was using our SIS, we might have to have like supportive um, software in addition to to what we were using at my school. So there's probably a learning curve, but you already are ahead of the game much more than someone who comes in with no educational background whatsoever. And you probably also can anticipate problems before they even arise at schools, which is something that companies really value from former teachers is being able to pinpoint and say, "Uh, it looks like this school district probably will have this problem. I can just anticipate it because of X. Why don't I just reach out and solve it before it even happens? Because that's how much experience you have in this world and universe. Does that ever happen to you? 
Yeah, a little bit here and there too. And so as I'm, I'm learning about our product specifically, I'm always kind of connecting it back to what I have used already. And so that brings up questions like, oh, why is it done this way? Or why is it done that way? Whereas um, what, I, what I've been used to also, which may not always be the best way, absolutely. But it, it does, I do have that connection. And I think that's, that's what I bring to this company specifically is my experience using a former SIS as well. During your interview process, I know that you said that you sent out 60 or 70 resumes or applications and you had quite a few rejections. I want to circle back around and talk a little bit about your experience in, you know, the private community in the teacher career coach course mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how that community kind of helped you get through the process. Oh my gosh, I cannot like sing my praises enough because this process of leaving the classroom is extremely isolating. It takes a very unique person to understand what you're truly going through because there are teachers out there who are true and true teachers. They, they do not, or rather, um, they will push through the hardships of education because they love being a teacher that much. And while I do love being a teacher, I, you know, all the things that we've talked about already, I know that there's other positions out there where I know that I can still make an impact and have a meaningful job. So finding other people like that was so hard. And so that's what the community did for me was I am plopped in this forum where there are others who are going through exactly what I'm going through. And that meant the world. And I was scrolling through reading posts, maybe from even last year or so, or several months ago, but just reading all of their testimonies and the hardships that they're going through, it made me feel like I wasn't alone. And, and like, I'm getting a little emotional talking about it because it really was that impactful. And it got me through my hard times. Sometimes I would spend Friday nights just kind of scrolling through the community posts and just reading what everyone else is going through. And um, in addition to that, there are there are celebrations as well in, in our community, right, with those who did get uh, positions and who did um, successfully find a job outside of the classroom. And so that was the light at the end of the tunnel for me in seeing, okay, I remember this person posted in the interview tab and then now they're posting in the, I got a job tab. And so you kind of follow the journeys of other people as well. And, um, that, that really got me through. Yeah. Cause I think one thing that's missing from everybody is they see these <laughs> testimonials, they see like Instagram on my teacher career coach page, all these former Mm -hmm. teacher stories and then they think oh well I suck because I put out 20 resumes and I haven't heard anything back but that person's really great because they got a project management role and it like helps them reinforce this negative talking point (laughs) in their head and their imposter syndrome because they're not seeing the behind the scenes of everybody continuing to push through because it Mm -hmm. sucks for everybody and that's why people (laughs) think, you know, oh, it might be impossible to do this because it is challenging. It's Mm -hmm. not going to be an easy journey and you do need kind of a community to help support you through the process of it. And I'm happy that there are so many different places now for people to kind of connect and it's not 
as stigmatizing of an experience at least after this last year people are able to vocalize their want to find roles that are still scratching that teacher itch but (laughs) not necessarily in the classroom and -hmm. I'm just so grateful that you even shared that part of your story because that's where I was at too you know that's once I finally got my new position I realized oh all of you guys are former teachers did this whole process wreck you (laughs) getting here and it did it wrecked everybody to get to that point and that's why it was so important for me to create something would you recommend people purchase the teacher career coach course if they are on the fence and serious about wanting a new position i really would and i honestly was also very hesitant at first too and and i found you on instagram at first and i you know followed followed you on there and then i saw that you had the course and i thought about it probably for a good two or three weeks before i actually um purchased it and I did put out several resumes before um, joining the course and I didn't feel as confident. I felt like I was just like shooting in the dark without having that guidance. And so after several weeks of trying it on my own, I was like, well, there is this course out there. Um, She's put in so much research, so many hours reaching out to everyone else to help put this together for people just like me. Let's just do it. It's um, it's an investment in myself. It didn't it didn't break the bank. I'm sure I've spent that same amount on other junk that doesn't really um, benefit me all that much in the end. So it was it was an investment on myself and it it was worth it. um, Hands down. I went through the modules, um, your videos, and just hearing your voice and telling me what to do was was really nice. Uh, But it internally gave me confidence in my resume, in my cover letter, questions that I'm asking that's like, okay, this is is research-based. Like, this someone has put in a lot of hard work to tell me that, okay, this might be the right path to, to, to go down. Thank you so much for sharing. I mean, it is still wild to me to get to meet people who have taken it. It's just such an honor to be able to support people and help others kind of navigate this journey. So I just, I'm so grateful that you're here today and especially that you shared your story. I'd love to continue to stay in touch and hear where this journey takes you because I can tell that you have a really bright future and you have a lot of great success ahead of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And it really is an honor to be here with you too and to like speak speak with you through through this platform because the podcast definitely got me through it as well. I would listen to it on the way to work. Um, I listened to an episode right before this final interview, actually, because I had felt so deflated. I was like, I need something to pump me up. And I just put on a random episode and just hearing, um, hearing things that validate how you feel really was, was a huge deal. So um, I just, I just, I can't believe that I'm here talking to you (laughs) and that that I'm going to be on or going to have an episode um, of my own so it's just it's wild to me too and I um I thank you for that thank you so much Lynn (laughs) I want to give a huge thank you to Lynn for coming on to speak to this community and sharing her story we have a lot of new former teacher interviews coming up in the near future from the teacher career coach course and I'm so excited for you all to hear their stories and all of their new roles But you know, there are so many teachers right now struggling who still haven't even found this community. If you've been enjoying this podcast, I'd love it if you continue to help us spread the word that it even exists. 
Even something as simple as leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts helps us more than you can imagine. So we appreciate you for taking the time to do so. I'll see you on the very next episode of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast. Thank you.